I'm Bay, and you're listening to Bay Baltimore, a weekly pop culture and society podcast recorded in a quiet neighborhood in Baltimore. This week, I'm bringing you part two of my um, review of As Told by GD Thyself. All right, so um, as promised, I went and watched um, As Told by GD Thyself with my bestie Mon on Friday, uh, last Friday, and I was pleasantly surprised to learn that as part of the showing, there was a Q&A with uh, one of the directors of the short and Kamasi um, himself, uh, Kamasi Washington himself. Um, so in the Q&A itself, he gave background and about the inspiration for Heaven and Earth, but then also as the 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 album was incorporated into the short film. So that was a very pleasant treat. Um, also it was so cool because most of the actors were in the room too. Um, and again, this film was predominantly shot in Baltimore. Um, and that's clear if you're from Baltimore, if you're familiar with, you know, how the neighborhoods are kind of set up, you're, it's clear that it's definitely, it was shot in spaces in Baltimore and, um, so a lot of the actors were in the room. Um, and I'll talk more about that later, but it was just very, very cool experience. There was definitely a certain crowd that came out. Um, the entire theater was filled to the brim from the floor seats all the way to the balcony seats. It was filled to the brim. Um, Mon and I even sat, what would be the third row from the screen itself. So, you know, we had to lean back in our seats and look up, but nevertheless, it was a beautiful um it was a beautiful show. So yeah, um, I gotta say I was all over the place with my prediction about what it would, uh, the short film would be about and come to find out that was for good reason. So, um, I'm going to talk about what the synopsis, I'm going to recap what the synopsis of the film was when you look it up versus what I saw and then versus what Kamasi himself said the film was about. Um, I'm also going to talk about some of the the stylistic approach to the film itself um, and just kind of the dynamics between the directors. Um, yes, you heard that right, directors of the film. So we'll talk, I'll, I'll talk about that too. Um, and then just generally speaking, I'll go into a little bit of the culture of the film and then the culture of... Baltimore itself because you know Mon describes it as when you're around a bunch of artsy people they get to using the vernacular that is a that you know seems fitting for them which may not may be exclusive for people who aren't around film and music all the time um and don't know those words so there was a little bit of of that going on and I'll go into that too but overall it was it was a beautiful and genuinely Baltimore experience for me um and just exciting so I I just want to go through those bits I just want to go through those parts So let me just read the synopsis of the short film again. And this can be found everywhere. Everywhere that you can look up this film, you can find the synopsis. And it reads, The cosmic journey of sacred youth during which pain, pleasure, and sublimation are non-negotiable. Now to me, before I watched the short, it 
felt like you were going to see the start of tribulation as a youth growing up and being pulled in different directions and not really understanding um, how to be you um, and how to grow into the person you want to be. Uh, now, that could be a huge reach. Um, that was certainly was a huge reach for me because that was a whole lot out of this little bitty sentence. Um, but I definitely thought it was going to be like looking at a young person, focusing on one young person and the push and pull of just everyday life as that person grows and matures. Because remember, I told you I listened to the Here and Now album and I had the benefit of seeing some of the boomerangs that were attached to the album, um, which, by the way, threw me completely off and were a little bit wrong um, or helped me create a, a it was just not what the film ended up being about, what I thought it was going to be. Um, so two things. So the stills that I saw or the boomerangs that I saw, the very first one with the young man um, in the military uniform, the reason why I thought it was connected to the black Israelites was because the young man in the in the uniform had a sash on and the sash itself read nation time. And for whatever reason, I associated that phrase nation time with being co-opted from the black power movement of the seventies and somehow being attached to the black Israelite movement. And I don't know where I got that. It's just what I, what a conclusion that I jumped to. And anyhow, so that's why I thought that. And plus it had the red, black and green black liberation flag behind him. Um, so I just assumed that, you know, that was a little snippet from the film itself. Come to find out that little snippet, if it was in the film, it was on, it ended up on the cutting floor because there was no trace of that young man. Um, and when I'm using the term young man, I'm thinking in his 30s. Um, there was no trace of the him and, or that any aspect of that scene at all. There was nothing military, uh, no military mention in the film itself. But the other boomerang that I mentioned about the old, uh, older gentleman who the older, the senior man who was, um, looked like he was dressed straight out of Leviticus, um, with a, his crimson outfit. Um, that was in the film and that actor, the scenes were beautiful. They would have, if I wasn't too busy analyzing and trying to make sure that I tried to capture every um, little detail, I might have cried um, because I don't think he was an actor per se, but I think, you know, this is one of his first acting gigs. Maybe it wasn't. Either way, it doesn't really matter. The emotion that was conveyed in the scenes that he was in was enough to make me cry. Um, and again, if I hadn't been analyzing everything and trying to catch everything, I might have and just sat back and enjoyed the film. I might have I might have cried. Um, but anyway, so that synopsis. So Kamasi said. And this is true in the film that it's actually a struggle between um you know, youth and elderly and how they need to come together because the elderly have, it's like the elderly have the, the seniors have the knowledge of what has happened and what could happen and the hope of what could be. And, you know, they're there in support and they, you know, it was kind of the feeling that the, the, the seniors that were in the film 
had a wealth of knowledge and they just wanted to live out their days and be helpful too to young folks. And then the young people that were in the film, it was like they were full of promise, but were matched with adversity, but they were full of promise. And so there's this push and pull in there. And the overall message, as Kamasi said, was there, there's this, there's a chasm right now between the youth and the the seniors, and they need to come together because both have a lot to give to each other. And we could, as a society, advance having these two groups put together. So the middle generation, just throw them out for a second, really bring in the youth and the seniors who have seen and done everything and still have lived long enough to see things change and still have hope for things to continue changing. That ain't nowhere in the synopsis. And I'm so surprised that the synopsis shorted the film as much as it did. Um, Because I'm like, why didn't y'all just write what Kamasi said and put that on the synopsis? Like, I don't get it. Um, So there's that. So uh, again, so I I treated myself by thinking that those two boomerangs were a part of the film when actually only one was in the film. Um, And then the synopsis didn't even match what, what I saw on the screen. And then in the panel, when Kamasi was talking, he summed it up. So I'm like, I don't know who wrote this synopsis, but whatever. Next piece, there were four directors. So literally, I I said that the film was directed by four different people, but like, I felt that the film was directed by four different people. And maybe that's okay for most folks, but I don't always like knowing that a different, someone, a different hand is on a different piece. So just to recap, the directors for the film were Terrence Nance, Jen and Kiru, Mark Thomas, Kamasi Washington himself, and Bradford Young. Now, Bradford Young joined Kamasi on the stage in the Q&A after, and I'll talk more about that whole experience in a second um, or in the next segment. But it was clear um, that Jen and Kiru, she directed the piece with the, the senior man, in the crimson outfit straight out of Leviticus and there's another actor in that scene and he's dressed in a specific way or actually I don't know if it was a little boy or a little girl that that there was a young person dressed a specific way um and it seemed like it was like cosmic it was like out of this world the you know the way that this uh, young person was dressed and they were in the woods, um, as the still, as the boomerang said, and it was so beautifully shot. The juxtaposition between the natural colors and then the synthetic colors from the young person and the senior person, um, you know, the bright crimson and the metallic colors of the young person matched against the deep red wood, um, and the, 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 dying leaves that are you know maybe at one time they were orangey red and now they're just brown um so it was like it was definitely shot in the early winter um so there's still some color in the area it was so beautiful and anyway you could tell that I didn't know that at the time those shots of the young person and the old man are yeah were of um were 
were gins, but I could tell that they were different than some of the other pieces in the film. And it's like each director literally used a different color scheme, which I guess, I don't know. I don't know if I was ready for it or I just didn't like it because I didn't think it blended well. I don't know, but I definitely enjoyed I actually enjoyed all of their styles. I enjoyed all of their styles. I just didn't necessarily enjoy them together. Um, Kamasi played like he was literally playing his instrument at at points in the short film itself. And clearly he directed that piece too. Um, He he directed that part. And that was so... He is an incredible musician off the top that's you have to give him that he's he's an incredible musician but he also worked with some incredible filmmakers and for however you know however I feel that you know whatever misgivings I have about all four of these different directors and their styles put together this was a heck of a team all the same they they are some talented people and so you know, Terrence Nansgen and Kiru, Mark Thomas, Kamasi Washington, and Bradford Young collectively know that they're known as Uma Chroma, and they came together for this film. Now, there will definitely be other films. Well, there will probably be other films in the future, but they came together for this thing to form Uma Chroma for this project. Um, and the reason why they were in Baltimore using Baltimore actors is because Bradford Young is from Baltimore. And so... I appreciated all of this talent coming to Baltimore in these in these um, other artists. But then when they lean, I think the most beautiful thing to me is, as I was saying before, they use Baltimore actors. And when I'm saying Baltimore actors, most of these actors were young people and senior people. Um, so, you know, Baltimore, um, as I started to mention last episode or in part one and as I've mentioned over at at many different points as I've been you know producing um episodes Baltimore has a rich art creative just a creative culture a creative community culture and so you know Baltimore School of, of the Arts that's the school if you're super gifted and talented in the arts, either music, singing, um, painting, you know, dance, um, entertainment, that's where you go. And so they collaborated with some bright signing stars from um, that school, as well as some other, I think, two academies in the city, too. And so there's a whole scene where you've got these kids in their school uniforms running around and doing things, acting and being kids. And it was just beautiful. And then, you know, in the panel to learn that one scene in particular, they did the scene in one take. And I think it came out as beautifully as it did because it was organic. It wasn't, it was staged to a degree, surely, because they had props. But outside of that, I think they were just given direction and then told to go. And then they were allowed to just go and be. And it was beautiful because of that. Another piece is that in the middle of the doggone film, uh, the star of the film, his name is Ephraim Dorsey. He is 15 years old from Baltimore, um, goes to 
Baltimore School of the Arts, the plays. Does he play the saxophone too? Yes, he plays the saxophone. He plays. Mm-mm. No, he plays the trumpet. Oh shoot, I can't remember. Anyway, he plays it. He plays an instrument. Um, no, he plays it. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. He plays an instrument. He actually plays several instruments. He and his sister. He and his sister were in this film. But if you look up on IMDb, on, you only have E from listed, and I don't know why that is. Um, and actually, I'm looking on IMDb right now, and they say Ephraim, <laughs> Ephraim Dorsey is an actress. Um, I don't know how he presents himself, but he definitely had a men's suit on, um, and he looked like a 15-year-old boy to me. He presented as a 15-year-old boy. So, um, you know, maybe they need to correct this. Anyhow, um, but I'll get off of that. So he and his sister, and his sister, I cannot remember his name, But Ephraim is super talented and I'll go into kind of just how he presented um, on the panel because he was just, you just wanted to pinch his little cheeks, okay? I know he's 15 years old and, you know, he's probably above all of that, you know, but like I just wanted to pinch his little cheeks. Anyhow, um, because he's just so smart and engaging and uh, it's just great. And um, anyway, so they used real talent and they used raw talent and it showed in a way that was beautiful in the film and in a way that wasn't expected. And I, I'm just frustrated that the synopsis didn't give it justice. I'm a little frustrated that even in watching it, it wasn't super clear exactly what the film was supposed to be about. But then again, Kamasi said, you know, you know, art is up to interpretation, how I intended it doesn't mean anything if you received it in a different way which okay honey thank you thank you for your commentary um that was a little too spacey for me but anyway it was just a beautifully done movie and there was no way that I was ever going to know exactly what it was going to be about based on this this synopsis and by looking at boomerangs because that wasn't enough um but the film was beautiful I think it was like 30 minutes it could it was wasn't more than 30 minutes for sure but it was just full of different things and it felt warm and and vibrant and alive and full of electricity and made you want to cry and was made you want to laugh and you know made you want to smile too um but it was doggone artsy it was real artsy and i think sometimes that got in the way a little bit um but overall it was It was a beautiful movie that I want to see several times to get different pieces from it. Because again, like I said, when I, when I was watching it, I was analyzing it. I was analyzing it to just make sure that I got everything, you know, uh, I wanted to get every little piece. So anyway. So as I mentioned, there was a panel immediately following the um, showing of the film itself, and it included uh, Kamasi Washington, um, Ephraim Dorsey, as I said, the the young man who was, for the most part, pretty much the star, and then the one of the directors, one of the um, the other direct, one of the other directors, um, which was Bradford Young, um, who was from Baltimore. 
And again, that's the connection the film has to Baltimore. The reason why it's predominantly set in Baltimore is because of Bradford, largely, um, and the rich filming film industry that's in Baltimore that I don't think anybody really knows like that. But like so many HBO movies, so many HBO sh- uh, series are shot here. Netflix, um, big time blockbuster films, all of that shot right here in Baltimore. Um, and so it, it makes sense that as friendly of a filming town Baltimore is that, you know, something would be shot here and then also kind of tapping into the the um, strain between the youth and our elders. Um, so anyway, you know, as I said, Kamasi shared his version of the synopsis in the panel itself. Um, but you also got a chance to hear from Bradford because he was essentially serving as the moderator between himself, Kamasi and um, Ephraim. Ephraim. And so the thing about being a moderator, from what I understand moderating to be, is they're knowledgeable about the subject. Maybe they're connected to the subject in a very deep way. And in this case, Bradford was uh, one of the directors. So you're super knowledgeable about the topic. You can ask questions um, that people want to know the answers to but frame them in a way to help tease out those answers to your panel. Well, what ended up happening, though, is Bradford, no shade to Bradford, I'm sure he's a sweet, beautiful person, both on the outside and inside, right? But he talked too much. Like, for somebody who was acting as a moderator, he ended up being his own panelist. Like, he he was answering, like... In asking, in proceeding to ask a question, he would spend like two minutes giving you lead up. And I'm like, that's not how you do. If you're a moderator, you get out of the way. You ask the question, you get out of the way. Um, So that was just a little weird for me. Um, And as a result, the the conversation got a little above the heads of of most folk in the audience. Again, um, as I think I mentioned um, in the intro, a lot of the actors that were in the film were actually in the audience. And so you got high school kids, you got high school kids who are sitting in here very much excited to see themselves on screen and uh, sidebar. Those little babies, when they saw themselves, were clapping and cheering. I wanted to pinch all of their little cheeks because that made my heart just woo 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 you know what I mean just like mm, mm, mm. you know anyhow so there were a lot of young people in the in the audience right many of whom were actors there were also parents of these young people in the audience because it was late the showing itself was supposed to be eight o'clock but you know it didn't start on time it is what it is anyhow but it was late it was like when we were getting into the panel it was at least 9.30. Um, maybe not 9.30, maybe 9 o'clock. Anyhow, so we got into the panel. And um, Bradford didn't really help make the conversation accessible because he ended up getting lost in some of his questions. And he started talking about some like cinematic um, pieces that only people in the film industry or in film majors 
know about. Likewise, he started asking um, Ephraim questions. Ephraim is in a, an arts school for his talent. Um, he and his sister, I think, are in that in, in the Baltimore School for the Arts. And so they are in an in an uh, art rich environment where they can talk about their craft as much as they want almost every day, all, almost all day, every day. Um, and so, you know, you're a teenage kid, you're learning a lot of new concepts, you're using those concepts and, and you don't really, you haven't quite figured out how to talk about those things in a way that you can engage people who maybe aren't wrapped up, who aren't, who aren't surrounded by music 24 seven, you know what I mean? And so he, he, Bradford, started asking Ephraim these very technical questions and Ephraim being a student and just being in love with music and trying to be a musician in his own right, he literally starts talking about these really technical music uh, themes and and, and um, just subject matter, which if you are in a music uh, conservatory and you're having a talk and everyone in the room knows what they're in their room to talk about. They're in the, they're in the room to talk about those things. You're going to engage your audience in those very technical questions, but because that's not what the audience was, you kind of lost people and you kind of felt the kids kind of shuffle and shoot. I started to shuffle. Cause I'm just like, yeah, I'm a band kid. And I, I remember a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, but like, honey, I'm, my eyes are starting to cross. You know what I mean? Like, this is boring. But Ephraim was excited. And I think because Ephraim was excited to talk about it, Bradford kind of got lost. And then he started asking Kamasi questions. And God bless Kamasi. I learned so much about him. The reason why I confused him with Thundercat was because he grew up with Thundercat. He and Thundercat are close. And they kind of look similar, too. Anyhow, um, but he... God bless him. He was given some very artsy, creative, spacey comments himself. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you people like, come on. You got people, you got parents in the room who you have a chance to engage with. You got aunties, uncles, you know, next door neighbors, principals, counselors who are just like in these people's corners who are coming out. This could be a really great opportunity to engage them. There were certain there were certain themes or certain devices in the th- film that I wanted to ask about, but like they didn't, the, the panel itself was way longer than the film. The panel itself was like, I think 45 minutes, 45 to 50 minutes. And Bradford, because again, he went down the rabbit hole, didn't even open up the questions to the audience until like the last 10 minutes. And so who was the first question? Who, who did the first question come from? But somebody who was also super immersed in film culture and asked about all the different, um, the, uh, all the different directors and their directing style. And, and I'm just like, good question for a different audience. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to know why this particular thing was used in there. What did that mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I enjoy the arts. I do. I absolutely do. But I don't know the ins and outs of how to make a movie like y'all do. So you got to, you got to make the conversation accessible. And mine talked it up to, you know, these are just creatives and that's how they do. This is a typical Baltimore experience in that, you know, we got these 
these creative collectives all over the city and they talk to themselves and they're kind of, they, they, they only for the most part talk to themselves. And so everybody in their circle always gets it. And so it's kind of hard to have a conversation and include people who aren't in your circle because you don't naturally think that way because you never have to. And that's just a punk move. I was not excited about the panel as I, as I should have been, as I want. uh, Well, that's not right. What I'm saying is that there were real opportunities to engage everybody in the room and they missed it. Um, mostly because Bradford should not have been a panelist, but, uh, he should, no, he shouldn't have been the moderator. He could be a panelist all he want because clearly he had a lot to say and he had an even lot more to say. Um, but somebody close to the project, but still objective needed to ask questions and help them tease out information in a way that was accessible to everybody in the room. Um, but outside of that, like I said, I did get the full understand. I get, I got a better understanding of what the film was about because even when I was watching it, excuse me, I was watching it up against the synopsis that I had read, which was supposed to be about all about youth. But then I kept seeing senior folks in this very beautiful and poignant way and I was like but what about them like how are we using them and then when Kamasi said what he said I was just like well shoot that makes perfect sense I want to watch the movie again now based on this new understanding of what it's supposed to be about um it was super artsy like I said before it was just really really artsy and parts I think it was a little too artsy and I think I think you can get lost in the thing. Um, And definitely you saw the different styles of directing. And again, like maybe if I watch it again, maybe I won't, I'll get a different understanding. Maybe, you know, maybe it won't seem so disjointed to me, but because I was looking at it and really analyzing the movie, it just didn't seem, it's like the story was being told. There was a beginning, there was a middle, and there was an end, but I really, the, the beginning and the end matched perfectly. The middle, to me, was disjointed. Um, and, you know, had I heard Kamasi's synopsis before I watched the film, maybe I wouldn't have thought that. Um, and so I'd like to watch it again. And the thing is, I don't know when I'm going to watch it again, but I definitely want to try to watch it again. Um, because... It's such a beautiful and important film. I think Baltimore being shown in a way, I think we have so many films that either don't include black people at all in a majority black city, um, right down to films that include a lot of black folks, but it's about crime and punishment. And this film wasn't about that. It was about emotions. It was about the real life struggle of growing and trying to trying to bring the generations together, specifically the older generation and the younger generation together. Because again, as I'd said before, they both have something to give to each other and take from each other in a way that is mutually beneficial. And I want more of that for Baltimore, not because... Not because I'm owed anything, but because I think Baltimore just has so many different stories that I'm tired of hearing these few stories. Like I said, that either include black people, but in a very a way that's very stereotypical or typical, um, you know, it's mostly about crime and not about the humanity uh, of us. 
um, or it doesn't even include black people at all. Like I can't remember. It was a Ben Affleck film. Ben Affleck and Jen Anderson, Jennifer Anderson were, were in a film and you know, they went out of their way to show that they were in Baltimore, but didn't have maybe a few extra only had maybe a few extras that were black so like it was so bizarre to me and so Kamasi's film uh, the Uma Chroma's film rather it was about black youth and it was about it featured black youth and black seniors and I just enjoyed that because it was done in such a beautiful way um but that panel didn't exactly help make the movie more accessible and so in future airings I'm hoping that they can be more accessible and maybe it was because it was only Bradford Kamasi and Young Ephraim and maybe if the other directors were in there um or on the panel maybe they would have maybe they could have contributed to kind of changing the the dynamics of the conversation to make it more accessible um, but like I said, like a, a, a different moderator would have would have done the thing justice. But you know, speaking about the the um, <laughs> you know the 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 crowd that came out, it was who I thought it was. It was a bunch of black folk with some white folks peppered in there. Um, it's actually black and black and brown um, people. I'll say that um, all shades of brown, all different types of brown. Um, so Asian. Um, Latinx, um, yeah, for the most part, Asian, Latinx, um, maybe South Asian too, but by and large, yeah, actually it was South Asian too, but by and large, it was predominantly black, um, audience. And like I said, it was a bunch of young people, like high school age, middle school age, young people in the room. And of course, in the grown folks, you know, you had your country granola people, you know, the incense, (laughs) lots of incense, um, you know, it's Black History Month, but you know, in Baltimore, we we do this all every day. So, you know, just very, very Afrocentric kind of feel in the room. Um, but yeah, I that's I mean that's one of the things I love about Baltimore. It's like coming here and embracing blackness in a way that it's like you can love it or hate it, but we still gonna do this thing. And so I appreciated being in the room. Um, with so much black love. Um, yeah, it, that was beautiful. And I appreciated that. I just, I wish there was a little, I wish it wasn't, it didn't, the panel didn't end up being as pretentious as it was. But um, I think that was just because there, there wasn't a moderator. But um, the crowd was great. I loved watching that film for the first time with that crowd. I only wish that I was able to just focus a little bit more on the film. But hey, if it means that I'll put some more coin in Kamasi and Ephraim's pocket so that, um, you know, I can get a better understanding, I'll do that. Um, Yeah. I am overall just extremely happy and thrilled with the experience that I did um, get with from watching the film with some of the actors in the room, including young people and the um, some of the, our seniors, our elders who were in the room, who were on, you know, 
they were the actors too um and parents and aunts uncles neighbors and and principals and guidance counselors and things like that um and then you know the the general culture you know black folk predominantly black audience seeing this film set in baltimore or predominantly filmed in baltimore about real something other than gun violence you know what i mean or or you know some sort of felonies or something like that some sort of huge empire drug empire or some scheme like that it was something else it was the a real struggle of of between bringing the generations together and the reason why you bring those generations together and so i enjoyed that i even enjoyed the panel as part of the experience although i didn't enjoy the overall I mean, I've already gone into the detail about what I didn't enjoy about the panel, but I got that panel allowed me to meet Kamasi in the way that I was able to meet Kamasi, meet little Ephraim, or excuse me, he's 15, so Ephraim, um, and then even Bradford, because again, I do think he's a gifted and talented um, director. I just didn't, don't think he's a good moderator. Anyhow, um, I will see this film over and over again, and and not only because I think I've always been listening to Kamasi I just didn't know it and you have too if you listen to uh to Pepper Butterfly he was on there with Thundercat and again it makes sense why you know they were on him he and and Thundercat were on Kendrick's album they grew up in LA definitely Kamasi and and um Thundercat and so for them to link up with uh, Kendrick, it makes perfect sense. And so again, you know, it's rude to confuse them, but it's, it's makes sense that you would confuse that I would confuse Kamasi and Thundercat because they grew up together in many ways and collaborate with each other often. And so I've heard Kamasi's music before and I was in love with it before. Um, but I've really enjoyed this album and I've got to be honest with you. I've been listening to the album ever since I was introduced to it because of this film. And I do want to see more from Uma Chroma, uh, the collective. I know they came together for this film. I'm hoping they come out with more things. I know it's hard to get a group of people together who are busy to do, you know, a film project. Um, but or anything really but I I do want to see more of what they have and like I said I'm going to see this film several times just to get more out of it because I know there's more there I just need to get these different angles um and if I have to pay for it I'll do that because I think it's important enough and I want to support anyway um so definitely check out as told by God or GD thyself um wherever you can get it Um, I don't know where they're going next, um, but definitely try to support them. Um, anyway, all right. Speaking of support, that's it for now. Be sure to send me a message via the anchor.fm app and donate. Please, please donate. Um, even 99 cents will be a helpful contribution. Please also consider leaving me a favorable rating on the show for on um, CastBox, again, Anchor.fm, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this show. All right. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Until next time.